0: Well, hello again, and uh, I want to make a change this week in speaking to you because I'm not going to be available for a short period and I don't want to start a new series until I come back. But I really do believe that it's important at this point to talk to you about the importance of prayer. Now, I think we all know the importance in the Christian life of prayer because it is communication, after all. The simplest thing about prayer, it is communication between us and the Lord. And, uh, you know, in any relationship, if you don't talk, (laughs) the the relationship doesn't really exist as such. Um, For example, when husband and wife don't talk to each other, you can rest assured the marriage isn't working. And and it's the same between us and the Lord. If we don't talk to him, there is no real relationship that we have because prayer is relationship. It's conversation, it's talking, it's relating to him. And uh, also, uh, I want to uh, speak of the danger in one way of regarding prayer as either a formality. This is why reading prayers isn't much good Uh, and uh, just... Um even the Bible says avoid vain repetition, because if you just repeat something, that becomes meaningless. I mean, I know that from when I was a boy at school, because in those days, yes, in uh boys' school, uh quite an exclusive school, we had every morning we had our prayers. And uh, it meant that we had a Bible reading and we had a prayer. But the danger was that so much of the praying was just vain repetition. And when I left the school, I actually made a resolution that I would never repeat those prayers because uh, they, they were meaningless to the boys that said them. And this is a danger. Anyway, what I do want to talk to you about is the way that God can actually speak to us not just our speaking to him. Um, I think you all understand in communication, one-sided communication isn't so good. (laughs) I can remember times when my wife would be talking to me and I didn't answer and she wasn't very happy because uh, uh, it's one-sided and uh, communication should be two-sided. And the same thing in one sense applies with the Lord. And I know in in my relationship with him, and I'm going to speak about that in a moment. But um, the importance of prayer is such, is that certainly in my ministry, we would have never have achieved what we have done without the power of prayer. Um, Prayer was so important that when we, in the early 1990s, took 400 people to Siberia for three months, I was fully aware that communication in those days in uh, as Russia was collapsing from 1991 onwards, that um, computers weren't working, telephones weren't working, there certainly were no mobile phones. And I can remember the only way that I could get a telephone call back to the office to report anything or ask for anything was to join a long line, a long queue and pay uh, for the amount of time. And unfortunately, if that, because of lack of communication and the breakdown on the phone, if that money ran out before I'd really managed to say anything, I had to go to the back of the queue and start all over again. And uh, sometimes we had what was called one-way transmission uh, on those phone lines in Russia, where I could speak and I couldn't get a response, or they could speak and I couldn't respond very frustrating. However, for that very reason, what we did was we took prayer teams with us, and every individual group, mine included, had to have at least two intercessors uh, so that we could deal with issues immediately. And my group, which was varied slightly between 18 and 20, that consisted of myself, uh, more than one interpreter, I would need two actually, plus the worship group, the sound engineers, uh, the voice who were going to carry everything, and two key intercessors. And the miracles which we saw and are recorded in the book Why Siberia, the most phenomenal, the most incredible miracles in a lifetime only happened simply because in the crisis we prayed and God miraculously answered. And that leads me to something else, because in the major crises of my life, for example, in 1964, when I had the throat cancer, and I took the step of refusing any medical treatment. Although after three months, uh, when I went back to the doctors, they said that prayer didn't work because the cancer had become so big that it would require an immediate operation or I would choke to death. Throat cancer, after all, is one of the most difficult. And when I still refused and went to prayer, and went to prayer in desperation um, and I believed that God was going to heal me but I, I simply said Lord I want to see this in writing and I can remember that I turned to Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 was all things work together for good and I said Lord that's not an answer What I want is not comfort. I want a straight answer, yes or no. And the Lord sent me back to read Romans 8 from the beginning, which I did, until it comes to the part when we know not what to pray for as we ought. The Holy Spirit makes intercession for us according to the will of God. Well, the interesting thing was when I read those words, I leapt up and down because I knew the way the Holy Spirit was dealing with me, God was saying, yes, you're going to be healed. And it's that that conviction. You see, so often we have to realize that answers to prayer are very much linked to our own faith. Because when When Jesus had been up the mountain with the three disciples and was transfigured and came down and found the other nine trying to cast an evil spirit out and turned to Jesus and said, Why couldn't we do it? He said, Because of your lack of faith. He said, This thing only comes out by prayer and fasting. But the fact is, we have to be positive in our speaking, positive in our praying to see the answers. And certainly, with my throat cancer. You know the story that I went the next day and the doctors were amazed because they saw that somebody had cut the cancer out, that it wasn't a human hand, it was the hand of God. And um, that so encouraged me when years later, when I was in prison, and praying for a miracle that I wouldn't be there for the 10 years, five years for Bible smuggling, five years for preaching the gospel, working with the underground church, that God would set me free. And although three days after the trial, as you know, most of you know the story, that in a dream, God showed me that I would be out of the prison and in London, preaching in the largest auditorium to 10,000 people at an Easter convention, which gave me two things. One, that I would be out of the prison. Secondly, it gave me a date. And how would I, as an unknown Bible smuggler, be preaching to 10,000 people? And so I continued in praying to this, but it was only after I'd been in the prison for another five months that I finally managed to smuggle a Bible back into my cell. I always laugh and say, well, what do you expect? I was convicted, convicted as a professional smuggler. I became the only person in the whole of the prison with a Bible. And when I opened it, I I turned up, I said, Lord, where do I read? Do I start in Genesis? Do I start in Matthew? Where do I start? And it's like the Holy Spirit said to me, well, your name is David. Why don't you read what David said? And so I turned to the Psalms and began reading very clearly from the Psalm 1 until I came to Psalm 35. I've got it open in my Bible in front of me right now. Psalm 35, verse 18. And David says, "Um, I will give you thanks in the great congregation. I will praise you among much people. Now, this is where faith comes in, because I leapt up in that prison. And I said, Lord, that's the answer. David speaks about giving thanks in a great congregation, praising you among many people, that means I will be out of the prison for Easter and speaking in the Royal Albert Hall. I can tell you it took a great deal of faith for me to accept that, but I did. So much so that a few days afterwards when I was thinking about it and uh, talking about it and I was... um, saying to the Lord, well, this is a tremendous miracle if you're going to get me out of this prison uh, with such a long sentence. And after all, that vision was only a few days after the trial and and, and the judgment again when I was found guilty. Uh, Not a smuggling, by the way. But um, I was saying, Lord, if you're going to work such a big miracle, my birthday comes four days before Easter. I want you to release me on my birthday. I said, Lord, if you can work one miracle, why can't you work another? I mean, people are a little bit amazed when I say this because I was already so convinced that God was going to get me out for Easter. that I said, Lord, will you send me home for my birthday? <laughs> but me being me, I said, yes, Lord. But if you will, I want to see it in writing. If you will give me the answer, show me another verse that's got to be in the Psalms, where you speak about setting free someone who's in chains. Wow. Well, I kept on reading. I was reading on and came through Psalms after the other until I came to Psalm 67 and 68. And reading Psalm 68 in verse six, what does David say? He says, God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those which are bound with chains. I said, Lord, that's the exact verse. So it means that you will work two miracles. One, that you send me home for my birthday, and two, that you send me home for Easter, and that I will be speaking in that Easter convention. You all know my story, how that I was released on my birthday. You have to read the book to get the real story how i was released on my birthday and because i flew home with the prime minister who had flown out to release me i flew home sitting in the aeroplane next to the prime minister and because of the publicity when we landed in heathrow with all the press and the television cameras i mean he made a he made a big thing out of it i can tell you that I got a telephone call from the churches. We've seen the miracle of your release. Would you be strong enough to speak in the Royal Albert Hall on Monday? And of course, I said, yes. So, God literally, and to me, what's so interesting is literally to the very day, God fulfilled both of those promises. And even when I was uh, 20 years ago taken with lung cancer and I was praying, I, I was asking the Lord if he would heal me. And he very, very clearly gave me a scripture in which he said he would give me both health and healing. Now, He gave me that scripture before the miracle, but you know how that miracle happened when I was in Germany, and how after praying that night and getting into my bed and virtually dying, that the whole cancer came out of my mouth. And that's more than 20 years ago. And so God not only gave me healing, but age 91 God gives me health. I mean, this is—it was a—it was a wonderful thing. He gave me a double promise. So, what I'm trying to assure you is this: that God not only just simply answers prayer, but we can see the impossible happen if we believe. Because you know, I—I I, I would turn you very quickly to scriptures in Mark eleven and. Uh, also in uh, it in in Luke, and if I turn you to Mark chapter eleven, it's very interesting that um, it speaks there about the uh, miracles. I mean, this is where Jesus calls his disciples on the Mount of Olives to go and find the colt, and so on. But. Uh, On the next day, when they were come to Bethany, Jesus was hungry, is verse 12. And seeing a fig tree having leaves, he came thinking that he would find some fruit. And there's nothing, only leaves. And Jesus cursed the fig tree. But if you then turn to verse 20, um, the following morning as they passed by and they saw the fig tree was already dead, Peter, obviously it's Peter, who's always the outspoken one, said, Lord, how come? This is verse 21. That fig tree which you cursed is already dead. And Jesus didn't answer him specifically on that question. But what Jesus says in verse 22, have faith in God. Because truly I say to you that whoever will say to this mountain, and they were on the Mount of Olives, be removed and cast into the sea, that would have been the Dead Sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says will happen shall have... Now. Make a note of this and read this. I've got it open in front of me and I'm challenging you. I'm challenging you because what does it say? It says very clearly here Jesus said, If you say this and shall not doubt in your heart, but shall believe that those things which you have said shall happen, shall have. Whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you will receive them and you will have them. So, Jesus is being very specific here. Firstly, he's saying that you can see the most incredible miracles. Casting down the mountain into the sea, if you have the faith to say it. But then he brings it down in verse 24 to the simplicity of simply saying that whatever you ask for when you pray, now come on, whatever you ask for when you pray, if you believe, that God will answer. You will have what you ask for." This is an incredible scripture. It's repeated also in Luke, but this one in Mark is so strong. Because what Jesus is doing is outlying a totally different part of prayer, because to so many of us, prayer is what Jesus said when the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray. And you remember what he said when you pray, say, Our Father. But that, although that was the prayer that he taught his disciples, but this is going the step beyond And the trouble is too many people never get beyond that first step of the Lord's Prayer. Yes, the Lord's Prayer is important. And if I were to speak about it, how God revealed that to me in the prison, that was quite a miracle. But we've got to go beyond that and mix our faith into our praying and to believe. And you know, Sometimes when I have prayed for sick people, I have just known in my spirit that God would heal them. And because there's that sense of that knowing, I'm praying and knowing, and the miracle really happens. And if you read the book Why Siberia, you'll find that although we had intercessors with every group, and I had intercessors with me personally, so often the real answers to prayer came when i prayed in faith and absolute miracles provision of airplanes transport you 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 just have to read the book to see how that god would actually not only answer but he would tell me what to do to get the answer and it just shows how much if We have the faith to believe that God has the power to do what we ask. The whole question is this. When you're praying and you're praying for something big, do you really believe that God has the power to do it? And do you believe that he wants to do it? If so, command it. I mean, when we had the storm in Galilee, you know the story. When we had the a Roman amphitheater at Caesarea, and the enemy sent a storm, the most violent storm they'd ever known on the Pacific coast. And I was so challenged because nobody could get into the stadium because of the danger of everything collapsing. And I had to speak to the window, say, I command you in the name of Jesus that you stop. And I commanded the storm to stop, and it stopped instantly in front of four and a half thousand unbelieving Jews. Do you understand? You see, we have an authority and a power in prayer. And so often, and this in my closing moments, I must share with you is this, that when I talk to the Lord, I ask him to answer me, even in conversation with him, even in regular prayer, I, I, I will ask him for an answer. And he answers me how? Not with words, not with someone's prophecy. He answers me from Scripture. And the Holy Spirit will bring to my mind, just as are the ones I've quoted you, will bring to my mind the way to get the answer. And the answer is there in Scripture. And when I find it in writing, God always does what He says. And what I can say to you is this. After more than 70 years of ministry, 73 years of ministry, God has never failed. When God has spoken to me and given me a promise, he keeps it. And in fact, the challenge when they, in the prison, they were saying, why are you telling people you're going to get out? It's impossible. The first thing the Lord said to me was, how do you know you're saved? And I said, well, why asked me as an evangelist, I said, I know every scripture. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Yes. And what God was saying, do you believe that? And I said, yes. Well, if you believe that, believe everything. And if you can have enough faith to believe for your own salvation that Christ died for you and your sin is blotted out and that you're born again, then put that same belief to work in your praying until you see the power of God in your own life. And, you know, I need your prayer support desperately at this time. We're going to the most dangerous area in Central Asia. I've just come back, and shortly I'll be going back there again. We need your prayer support. Pray with us. We desperately need prayer in faith that the miracles will happen. And thank you, and God bless you.
1: We would like to give you a free gift. David Hathaway's Prophetic Vision magazine is available free of charge. All you need to do is ask for it. This faith-building resource will show you the path to revival in your life and ministry. To receive this free magazine, visit eurovision.org.uk forward slash magazine. My God will supply all your needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. What a wonderful promise! When you are committed to and support the Gospel, then stand on this promise that when you give to the extension of the kingdom, God will supply all your need. Jesus called it, giving and receiving. This year God has given us wonderful opportunities to preach the gospel in Armenia, Georgia, and Poland. And we continue to support Ukraine by distributing humanitarian and spiritual aid. For 12 months, our staff have helped the displaced, vulnerable, and injured supplying food and medicines. To make a donation, visit eurovision.org.uk forward slash donation. Strength for now and for eternity. David will guide you through the Apostle Paul's letters to the Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. David has written this book to strengthen your faith at a time when everything around us is being shaken, join David as he delves deep into the truths of the Bible. Order David's book, A Firm Foundation, by visiting our website eurovision.org.uk forward slash shop. We would like to give you a free gift. David Hathaway's Prophetic Vision magazine is available free of charge. All you need to do is ask for it. This faith-building resource will show you the path to revival in your life and ministry. To receive this free magazine, visit eurovision.org.uk forward slash magazine.